0: everyone Janae here we are back with another JNC interview podcast season two if you haven't listened yet we have interviews from Janine Felder Chris Dempsey and more recently we did one with Scott McGuckin but today's episode is with Zori Fai our very own join and connect leader hi Zora
1: hi Janae thank you for having me
0: thanks for joining me today on the episode are you ready for this always Anything? okay <laughs> okay all right well first I want to ask you a question about pronunciation I feel like it's only appropriate with a tough name same with myself um, we've had so many people say your name in so many different ways and pronounce in so many different ways so we wanted to re- set the record straight and have you just officially state your name
1: Thank you, Janae. I appreciate that. This is, this is, for anybody who knows, this is one of my INC things, which is we must make sure that people say people's names correctly and we ask. So thank you. Uh, it is Zora Yafi.
0: All right. I love it. You've heard it, people. We've got it recorded. Um, and if you haven't done so already, I'm going to say it to you, Zora, and everyone else out there. If you are like myself and Zora, if you've got a name that might be a little bit more difficult to say, or you just want to give everyone a reminder on the CEC, you can actually record yourself saying your name. So fun little tip if you haven't done that yet. All right. You ready to do this? Let's jump on in. All right. All right. So thank you again for joining me. Thanks for being a good sport and agreeing to do this interview with me, even though I feel like you might have slightly been forced by Shannon. I'm not really sure. Um, But this is a great opportunity for the team to hear you, see what you're all about. Um, And it should be fun. I promise it won't be it won't be that bad. All right. So here we go. We're going to jump right in. I'll
1: I'll, I'll just blame Shannon. Don't worry.
0: Yeah, blame (laughs) Shannon. It's totally fine. All right. So I'm going to start you off with, um, I'm going to start you off good old-fashioned rapid-fire questions if you're ready for it, okay? So I'm just going to ask you a question, and you say the first thing that comes to mind, okay? And if you want to skip, you can just say skip, okay? All right. All right, here we go. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? 60s. Do you snore? Yes. Okay, a place you most want to travel? Oh,
1: that's so hard. I can't, I can't answer that. There's too What's many the first places.
0: one? What's the first one that came into your mind?
1: Um, Borneo. Okay. Favorite
0: junk food? Twizzlers. Favorite childhood TV show? I wasn't into TV. Sorry. Okay. Fill in
1: the blank. Ryan Reynolds is the most funny human being in the world, and I love him. Okay. Texting or talking? Maybe it depends on who. Talking. Okay.
0: Say something in French.
1: Tu parles en français?
0: Have you ever worn socks with sandals? Absolutely not. Oh, uh, gosh, I'm wearing some right now. What's the craziest, weirdest thing that's ever happened to you on WebEx that you're willing to share?
1: Uh, Nothing that weird. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I, fair I enough. Know. Sorry.
0: Fair enough. I'm sure everyone else has lots of fun weird, strange, funny stories that we could share. We actually could totally do a, a, a nice spotlight on that one that day.
1: Now I want to hear, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so we're actually going to jump into some dialogue around your professional side. And we want to kick it off with, you know, how long has your journey really been here at Cisco? Like, where did you start and what brought
1: you to this point? Oh, great question. I think I've been here 15 years and prior to like officially joining, I was a consultant. Um, so yeah, 15, 16 years in terms of like total journey, I'd say. Yeah. Okay. All right. And what
0: was your, you said you started where again, as you started at Cisco, what was your
1: first job? I was a intern program manager for Europe. We weren't even a Mia back then. (laughs) So I was the intern program manager for Europe. So my job was to hire interns and Essentially trying to get them converted, which um, I know is still something we're trying to do till this day. So that goes back 15 years, but at least, um, but yeah, that was my first job here.
0: Was it when we weren't called talent acquisition then? It was like, it was staffing back then, right? It
1: was, yeah. It didn't, didn't, didn't feel right. Did not feel right for that. It, that felt very, uh, uh, a bit too rudimentary, right? Yes, yes.
0: Okay. Um, what do you like about, you know, being a part of PX? Like what is your like what is the your biggest learning so far in this role, you would say as well?
1: What I like being part of it's actually really great being part of PX. Like the conversation I just came off one-to-one with um Claire and you know, the partnership we get with compensation and the partnership I get with Victoria and the DX team, it's great to be able to tackle Some of the bigger things, opportunities or problems that we've got like together. So um, I would say that's probably what the thing I enjoyed most about PX and maybe one of my learnings, which is you just don't have to go it alone. There's a lot of people looking at the same problem from different angles or the same opportunity from different angles. And so it's just really great to have a fantastic team to work with, to talk about that stuff and then look at how we sequence the work to get it done.
0: Yeah. And it's, and you said partnerships, it's like, if we don't have those, if we don't have those real dialogues, those real conversations with people that like, just understand our different perspectives, it's, it, it does pigeonhole us in, in most cases, right?
1: Honestly, I think it's, it, it, communication to me, is, it's like, you know, you could, you need to talk about the thing and, and people need to understand our world. Um, and then, so that's what partnership is from. You know, from that perspective, I really feel like the conversations I'm having. I'm not sitting there moaning, going, "Oh, are we in Joining Connect have it so hard." Right. It's just to educate, to say, okay, so the at the, the like net net of that is candidates in the market do X, and is that an intended like you know consequence of that thing that we're talking about. It's not okay, you know, it's, it's, it's I think it's like how you partner and how we communicate and share those things. It, it is really powerful if we can get it right. Yeah. Yeah. And learn from our not. I wouldn't say mistakes,
0: but just like learn from past experiences, learn from history and and how do we evolve together. Right?
1: Yeah, agree. And even some of the things we've tried in the past, like it was just maybe the wrong time. There's no reason why we can't try it again. Right? Um, I'm a big believer in that just because something didn't work in the past. It doesn't mean we can't try it again.
0: Yeah, it's the timing too. Yeah. Um. So, what would you say are the most important attributes, um, of successful leaders today?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I think there's a lot, and 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 I'll be honest. Like for any leaders listening, I think there's a lot we ask of leaders today, and I think there's it, it is, it is definitely something you've got to want to do. Um. Because I think I you know spend a lot of my time uh, and career mentoring early in grade and people kind of joint, you know, starting out their careers and I would ask them, you know, where do you want to be in 5 years time? And they would always say people leader. And, and I think you've got to want to be a people leader. Right? Um, and so I would say that was 1 of the kind of attributes to be a successful leader is you've got to want to do it. You've got to enjoy it. You've got to, um, you know, see the value of having impact through others um and and showing up for that all day long right so i love brene brown talks about this right um successful leaders you go from getting the gold star to giving the gold stars um and i think that's a really great way of of phrasing that i think you've got to be humble you've got to be practical um i think you've got to just you know acknowledge but still Push for, for still push for new, right? Mm-hmm. Um, being humble and being practical and being realistic. They're really important things because I think that's really how you build trust. Um, but you also have to be able to see that, you know, there's another way, or there's a different way or we should change here. We should try for this or we should give this a go. You know, so there's a piece of me that, you know, always believes that successful leaders kind of find that balance between the practical and the possible, um. Those would be the things that I would say I think are, you know, really important right now.
0: Yeah. And, and I and it's depending on your team, your size uh, of the team. Um, there's a lot of dialogue around, you know, leading without authority, you know. Um, so I think it's the leadership. To your point, there's there's yeah, there's always things that we're going to lack in leadership across the board from top down. Um, but the humble, the authenticity, the real relationships, the partnerships, I think that's like, where we start to grow, like, really, truly grow as teams and evolve. Right?
1: Totally. I think you're right. Like, not every leader is going to be everything to everybody. Right? So you can, you can say that's like, you know, a sense of like, hey, we may not have this. We may lack this. I don't know. I think leaders build teams that want to lean in. Um, I really value it. My team say, Hey, Zora, you've missed something here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, you may not want to say it that way. Uh, I get a lot of feedback from my team. JCLT are pretty vocal and they're wonderful in that way. Um, but I think you need that because I'm not going to sit here and say, I am going to be the leader that every single person in my organization wants me to be. That is impossible. Um, so I think like, but getting that feedback about what matters the most to people, that's, that's really, and that's where I kind of say the kind of. Humility piece comes in, right? Um, I think that's really important.
0: Yeah, I completely agree.
1: Well, well, tell me, who do you like? Who do you look up to for inspiration or mentorship? I'm going to go in like a like a this is like the Zoriafi school of life here. right now. <laughs> I I feel like you really have to look at your life as like the 10 people in your life that influence you um, and you can't look to one person I'd say for like all your mentoring and all your um, kind of knowledge and capability you have to spread that out amongst a bunch of people and so I would say it's going to sound a little bit corny but my parents um, they've taught me so much in life Um, and you know my mum's a nurse my dad's a chemist like they don't do big corporate jobs they never have but They taught me how to be kind. They taught me how to be. My dad taught me how to be very curious. Um, you know, so I think, you know, my answer is like, not some cool person with some cool job title Mm -hmm. for inspiration in a lot of different places. My husband, my son, my friends, um. Yeah. And from a work perspective, you know, Kelly, Jason, the smart people around, like super smart people around me, but I, I almost take that as a given, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. look to curate the other ten people to be, you know, just people I can see things that don't necessarily have a direct corporate link, if that makes sense. I
0: love that you said your parents. And the word curiosity, oh, I tell it to my kids all the time. I'm like, be curious. Like ask questions. It's okay. Get those answers. Yeah. Um, so I love that. Okay. I'm gonna ask you maybe a kind of difficult question I don't know what is what's one decision you wish you didn't make
1: oh that's a good one <laughs> that's a hard one um yeah, it's yeah a decision I did make but I didn't make so bear with me here I think it's and it's a few things right I'm not going to draw on one example but it's when I've maybe said, well, let's dip our toe in the water and try this thing a little bit as a small pilot and every cell in my body was screaming. We should do this thing. It's the right thing to do. And the risk aversion in me went, oh, let's just take it down real small and pilot it mm-hmm. and. I would say I probably regret those things most when I look back and I think, gosh, that thing that took us three years to transition, if I'd just been brave at the beginning and not like tried to pilot it and do it like dip my toe in and, and manage the risk, we could have been a lot further as a team or um as a service level. So I would say, and there's a few things, honestly, and you know, if anyone wants to ask me, I'll probably walk you through all the different ones, but there's a few <laughs> things where I really wish we'd maybe, I, I had maybe, you know, being in a position of being able to make the decision had accelerated things and just gone with, with going, yeah, that was the right thing to do. What earth did I waste yeah. a year piloting it? Um, we could have just moved faster on that thing. So yeah. that's how it answer yeah. that.
0: Yeah, but I think it goes back to like, you know, being, being in a team and encouraging the voices to come forward, right? Being able to break those barriers of hierarchy where it's not like, okay, I'm just gonna sit in on this because this is the road that we're taking. This is where leadership wants to go. They have the direction and I see it and I'm gonna stay quiet and I'm just gonna roll with it. But if we have environments where we can share, we can share perspectives and, hey, I'm not really sure this is the right angle to take, you know, we want to foster those environments, of course, um, as often
1: as we can, right? And sometimes, when when somebody like shares an idea, there's a there's a ton of voices going. Oh, we should mm-hmm. make it smaller. Make it, you know, what about this? What about this risk? And and I think we need to collectively have more voices, kind of going. Let's push it. Let's accelerate it. Let's go faster at that thing. We we don't do that as much. Talking yeah. about books, actually, I for those of you that have ever taught, like kind of had a one to one with me, I always bring up this book or this podcast, which this woman called Elizabeth Day. She's a British woman. And she wrote this really cool book but she also has a podcast uh, called how to fail um, and she interviews all these really famous people about failure and it's so interesting and i think that's I you that. know you've got to get a little bit more comfortable with like i could have accelerated some of those things and failed dramatically but you know what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i would have learned something from it um, uh, yeah. and so i think there's um you know a lot of comfort and and sense out of like thinking about failure as well i think that's we've got to be okay with it not Left, right, yeah. and center every single day, of all course, the time. Of course, They're the right things. We, we've got to be okay with that risk.
0: Yeah, we got to be like to your point. You got to learn from it, right? Okay, yeah. that's not the way to go. But I also think that we sometimes lose sight of our goals. You know, we have a project and we're 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 doing something, and then we're like, wait a minute, what are we trying to solve for? <laughs> and we, you know, you have to like you have to be able to laugh at it and step back and go, okay, let's rethink. Let's you know, let's regroup. What are we trying to solve for? um Instead of just the shiny new tool, because I think we get especially in the tech world, we get so caught up in what's the newest tool you can use. What's the newest gadget? What's the add on the bolt on technology. Um, And it's easy, I think for us to lose sight of what the goals are, the objective at task, you know, for the task.
1: That's very true. I think, you know, the world moves really fast. And so by the time you started something and then you get to what the solution looks like, the world moved on and it changed a little bit. Um, I think we sometimes lose sight of the fact that we can control a decent chunk of that. We're in control of more than we think. And myself and the leadership team, we're going through this exercise right now, which is like, how do we write a three-year strategy? And that feels really hard, especially coming back off the back of two years where no one could have written the last two years, (laughs) really hard, really hard playbook, but Um, you know, how do we start to think about that in a really long term way and then take all this really We have so much good work. Everyone's working on really great stuff, but connecting those dots and sequencing that work and doing it in a manageable way. That's tough, but that's why we're spending our time because, um, I think there's a lot of power in. Being in control a little bit of our own destiny, not all of it. Right. But I think there's, you know, a piece, we have a bunch of smart people and collectively, I can't wait to start digging into these three year strategies and just starting to think about where do we want to be? Where do we want Cisco to be? Where's our organization going to be? How do we help them get there? What are some of the big things we've got to go and question. That then allow us to get there. So I think we've got to be open minded to some of that possible. And and I, you know, my team knows this. I'm like, you write a plan and if 60% of it happens, great. Yep. Um, be okay that 40% of it didn't happen, but you gotta write a plan. Yeah. Um, because it's your
0: guide. It's it's yeah. a guide somewhere, whether it's not exactly to that target, it's you know, within, you know, where you're heading.
1: Well, then, you know, what trade offs to make and, you know, how hard to work and, you know, what, what marathons and sprints you need to take. Right. It, Mm -hmm. it it all wraps up in that. And so, you know, we'll get there, but, um, we'll do it thoughtfully. And that's the most important thing.
0: Right? Yeah. Well, we're excited to hear more about that. And, um, so let me, let me ask you this and then we'll move on to some more personal stuff. Um, what, what are your goals? Like, what are your professional goals?
1: To be happy i know that sounds ridiculous oh it does I, not I actually actually love that? It's, yeah i just i you know i'll be honest i never thought i'd sit here when i joined as that intern program manager like i never thought i'd be sitting here in this job i've never been particularly hierarchical my goals have been very like i want to work on the biggest problems or the chunkiest opportunities i get super excited about that i'm a pioneer creator on my standout assessment and i get really excited about um you know digging into fun work and that gives me a lot of energy and I just think there's a lot of a lot of a lot of I mean we spend I spend a lot a lot of time behind this desk Janae it's not yeah yeah (laughs) no surprise (laughs) and when I get out of it at the end of the day you know I I want to be be happy and that doesn't mean I get to do really cool fun things every day it just means even the stuff that I do that's hard or, or challenging or disappointing. I put the around context around it. So yeah. my goal is to get through this life with a smile on my face. I'm going to be honest um, <laughs> and I, I don't have career goals. I know that might sound wrong to a lot of people. I, I just want to do fun work. Good work, challenging work um, and I want to enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I love that answer. I think it's a really tough question that. A lot of us get especially if we're looking to advance our career whatever that means you know whether that's climbing a ladder or lateral or dabbling in new spaces i think that question sometimes stumps us because we think well if i don't have an answer that means i don't have my career um path laid out for me and so i really appreciate your authenticity and transparency around that
1: i actually think like the worst advice that people are given and it's so ubiquitous nowadays is like you have to do something you're passionate about I just think that's bad advice, sorry, (laughs) it's, it's, you should do something you enjoy, I'm not saying you should do something that you don't enjoy, but this concept of like, you have to be passionate and you've got to get your fulfillment, go back to that thing I said around, like, there's 10 people in my life that influence me, there's also hopefully, you know, 10, 15 things that give me joy Mm -hmm. and I think one of the modern like things we have to be really careful of is over rotating on your job has to equal joy. Um, sometimes your job will equal joy and that's great. Um, but you also have to find joy in other things. I mean, honestly, I'm so I'm, I'm, we're talking off the back of what was yesterday our day for me. Yeah. Um, and I consciously curate those day for me to be like, what's going to bring me joy because, um you know we have to be thoughtful like that otherwise you know we we get told you have gotta be passionate you got to love your job you've got to be in love with it and then I think a bunch of us are sitting around going I don't love it does that mean it's wrong yeah uh, nope I think we're giving some really bad advice <laughs> and I think enjoy it don't get me wrong but it shouldn't be something we're passionate about like that's a really big word for yeah um you know the thing that we do I think you should enjoy it um I think it should be something that gives you energy um something that makes you laugh something that gets you frustrated of course but it, it, you know that kind of you've got to do something every day that you're so passionate about is so unrealistic we should stop saying it right
0: it is really hard it's like um
1: you're putting yourself
0: uh, your your standards on this high pedestal and it's like well I ever reach that you know um but like you got to have your your boundaries almost you know what are the things that challenge me that like yeah I didn't win today but it's okay I'm, I'm eager to get back to it and solve for this like that to me is how I know I'm in the right role, when I'm challenged, when, um, when I get to dabble in a few different spaces, I get to work with people and build these partnerships. Like those for me are all positives. And then I can leave my training and workouts and all that stuff. Like, yeah, I'm super passionate about that, but that's my, that's my time. That's, I'm not getting paid for that. I'm just going off
1: on my own (laughs) doing that stuff and I enjoy it. So I, I think you're bringing up something. It's really important that everybody, like, you know, leaders and, um, you know, ICs, that we have that conversation, which is like, hey, this is the stuff that I really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. I, I actually really like check ins for that, the loves and the loaths. I think it really helps to kind of frame and reframe, like, the work, right? In a way that sometimes, if I think back, like, gosh, 12 years ago at Cisco, the work I was doing then, May not, if I was to do that today, you know, even two years ago, the work I was doing, if I was to do it today, why not give me the same energy it gave me two years ago? Things change, right? So I think it's, it's, it's an important exercise for everyone to do for themselves. What do you enjoy? Um, and then to have that conversation with the people that you work with, because that means, you know, more appropriate work comes your way, more appropriate opportunities coming way. It's a really good conversation to have. I agree. Well, so speaking of day for me, we got a day for me
0: off yesterday and then we're approaching what the four day work week soon. Um, so first question is, how did you spend your day for me?
1: I, well, Stephanie and Chanel laugh because they, they, I think everyone panicked that they had a doctor, a dentist appointment. It wasn't, it was me. I went for a dentist appointment at <laughs> nine in the morning. They were like, wait, do I have a dentist appointment? No, it's has a dentist appointment. <laughs> um, very, very exciting. Um, uh, but you know, self care much needed. Um. And then I went for lunch with two of my friends that I haven't seen forever. Oh, nice. Walked and ate, and it was cold, (laughs) but we enjoyed the outside. Um, And then I came home and I cooked a really nice meal for my family. Um,
0: It was really chill. Enjoyed it. Good, good, good. good. And you're looking forward to this four day work week pilot that um, a lot of people are able to take advantage of?
1: You know, I am because. We have to remember it's a pilot, right? So as much as when I heard about it, I was like, Well, what about this? What about that? And how are we gonna manage this? And I'm like, ding ding, it's a pilot, Zora. Uh they don't have everything figured out, <laughs> and that's why there's a small number of people. Yep. Um, it's a complex issue. So this is definitely not one of those things where we should accelerate and run at it really fast because there is a <laughs> lot to work through in this. So yes. um, a lot of learning to come a from. A lot this. of learning. And so I think you know. For those that are participating in the pilot, you know, my ask is that everyone does this like really fully so that we can get the proper learning. Um, and you know, I had this conversation with my team, which was like, oh, this is going to be hard. What about this? What? What if there's an emergency? Mm -hmm. Then we look back and we were like, we haven't had an emergency for a while touch wood. I'm now grasping at wood around my desk, but, you know, we haven't had an emergency for a while now. So, like, we kind of have this habit sometimes of like. Thinking, like I said, like before, I think about all the things that could go wrong with something and I'm actually trying to flip to be like, I want a world where my son grows up with a 3 day weekend. I think that is the right way for us to think about the world. I think it, I think there's a lot of burnout. I think the world is moving so, so fast. I think there's a lot of complexity. Um, personal admin, like we, we just moved and so I've got to get new doctors and dentists and they all have online forms that don't remember my password and then you have to do this and check that the world is more complex than it was 20 years ago. And so there's something that feels really right to me about a 3 day weekend. Um, I'm excited about the pilot because I, I want to live in that world, so I'm going to try and do everything I can to learn and, and make it work, but I'm, I'm open minded about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I love that out, uh, the outlook on it too. You know, we, we might, you know, we're going to learn a lot from this, you know, and it's important that those that are taking advantage obviously can do it, you know, and what I don't want, you know, the team that I'm on to fall back on is, well, I'll just work today. It's not a big deal. Like, no, let's stay, let's stay true to this. But if we can set ourselves up the right way and set the right expectations, you know, this is going to be, this will be good for us. I truly believe that too.
1: Yeah. I think the ultimate goal is, do we work better and smarter and prioritize the work and do we enjoy more work more because we're doing it in four days a week that's a litmus yeah. test on this yeah. um yeah. and that right. might that might be a different answer for different people but I think it's going to be an interesting you know I'm I'm glad I'm glad I'm, and I'm so proud of Cisco for trying it there's a lot of companies that wouldn't go anywhere near it but well, I'm actually really excited about it
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, we'll probably have to do a deep dive on that. Um, once the pilot's done. Okay. So let's get um, into more about you. I know you uh, used to live in Kenya. What was that like? And, you know, can you share about that a little bit about that experience?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I used to live in Kenya, East Africa. My dad was born there. Um, it, you know, I I guess sometimes I have to like remind myself (laughs) what life was like back there. It's a very, you know, different world than where I live in right now. And, um, you know, I'd say when you when you get like a first-hand impact of like a drought or you have, you know, first-hand impact of like what pollution does to an ecosystem or you see the number of elephants in the um, reserves declining or poaching. I mean, it really was a place where I got much more of a first hand view about how beautiful this world is, but also how scary and fast it's changing. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I I I think it's a wonderful experience. I, you know, I I it's a simple it was a very simple life and I I sometimes yeah. yearn for that a little bit more, but it's a hard life as well. So um, you know, I'd say it's it's something I, I, you know, I try, I encourage everybody It works for me that I talk to travel, travel, travel as much as you can, um, because it opens your eyes up to to different things. Um, and I think I saw more human suffering and stress and difficulty when I lived in Kenya and my, my family still live there. I just just lost my aunt before Christmas, actually, that was living there that used to go so and saving. Oh, yeah, it's life. Um, but I, you know, we we travel back. We go back a lot. My cousins are there, and you know, like I say, there's there's a lot there's a lot you can learn. I think from traveling and and opening up your perspective because you know what people struggle with in one place is just totally a different thing that somebody struggles with somebody else, and nobody's got it better. Honestly, I feel like Kenya is also a place where I saw the most simplicity and the most happiness. Um. In, in the smallest of things, so um, yeah, it it it's a very special place for me and and I hope okay. to go back soon and, and to take my my son there so that he he learns about it too.
0: Oh, I hope so too. I really do hope you get a chance. Um, how old were you when you left?
1: Um, I, I can ask that question a lot and <laughs> we never really left. <laughs> Just, it's <laughs> like we we kind of like moved back to the UK. I think I was around four when we officially moved back. Um, and we, you know, but like our family was still there. And so, yeah. um, I remember I, I spent some time with Fran a couple of years ago and we were talking a little bit about like, you know, what, what life experiences have impacted me and, Um, you know, I, my dad like has this very like Kenyan mentality grew up there, like that's his entire like life. And so to me, I'm like, did I ever leave? Or do I just carry Kenya around with me? Just this morning we were talking about something and uh, my dad speaks a bunch of different languages and we say stuff in different languages. That's like short, short form for things that we say in our family and, um. Yeah, I so yes we we left the place but the place stayed rhythm. but I never
0: really I love that. It's still it's still part of you. It's a big part of you.
1: Yeah. And so your
0: husband's from Australia, how did the two of you meet?
1: Oh yeah, he I know I'm from all it's, it's this very global world that we live in, right? So we actually met in San Francisco, um gosh, back in 2015. Um, and he his mother had grown up in San Francisco and moved to Australia um with his father and so he was he's dual national American Australian um and so he'd kind of come out to see what this whole cool San Francisco gig was all about and then we met and the rest is history as they say I love it. and you have a son Sammy who's
0: almost two right yeah okay so um what what do you love most about being a mom because I'm a mom there's lots of parents out on our team um to humans and to also furry <laughs> family members but Mm. what
1: but what do you love most about being a mom that's a great question um lots of different things um I would say I was actually just talking to a a friend about this yesterday which is before being a mom I assumed that I could control like who my child was going to (laughs) be right and you'll probably laugh at this as well I was like my kids are not going to have screen time my kid's going to be like this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it is so, so cool and humbling to realize that your kid is your kid. They are their own personality. And they yes. to you wide open with who you <laughs> are, right? And so I think that's the coolest thing, which is, you know, I came to motherhood a lot later in life. And, you know, probably felt I was pretty set in my ways. And, you know, then comes along this ball of energy who just is a very different personality to me. And even though I'm older and supposed to be wiser, right? Um, he's the one teaching me the lessons every day.
0: yeah
1: he's a real joker, he loves to laugh and I can take myself a little bit too seriously sometimes. So he's <laughs> that's what I love about being a mom is just this huge influence that um you know, we talk about this at work all the time, like we assume that tenure equals or, or years of experience equal capability and wisdom and I just you know being a mom like I've i realized that is not true um yeah, no. but just the kind of like raw personality of somebody how they show up what their values are all of that like um he, you know I thought you taught all of that, those things and I can see that you know a lot of people are just born with oodles of that and and he he, he is definitely teaching me a lot so that's what I love most about being a mom oh, being, being taught that. yeah
0: I love that so much. Yeah. I, you think you have it down when you're at these different stages, you know, he's two and you're like, all right, this is a great stage. And then two years from now, you're like, all right, no, this is the great stage. Oh, wait, was that the bad stage? Like there's so much change, you know, and evolution for your child, but I I love that answer. Um, okay. We're going to move on. Um, and we're going to do a little bit of some wrap up stuff, but I do have some more questions for you. So we heard, um about you being a self-proclaimed music snob so (laughs) what allows you to earn such a self-placed title
1: honestly that's my dad we were not allowed to listen in the 80 well in yeah my mom would have these like secret tapes right and so whenever we'd go to visit my grandma she'd like put in the date tapes of like her like favorite like disco music or whatever or terrible like Cindy Lauper 80s music my dad would be like that's trash I'm not listening to that and he'd like spit the tape out and as soon as we got home and he'd be like this is like the... I'm showing sure how old I am it was definitely on the cassette tape <laughs> um you know he'd be like you gotta listen to Pink Floyd you've got to to the Rolling Stones you've gotta listen to um whoever and so I remember probably you know like imagine seven-year-old me like busting around the playgrounds being like that's that's terrible music you can on the block that's terrible you need to listen to some Pink Floyd <laughs> um so yeah that's probably where it comes from
0: okay okay and cassette tapes for those that don't know what that is <laughs> google it yeah we google it and then you you know we had to like uh <laughs> we had to wind them up sometimes with our finger or you know, a pen google that or a pen yeah. um okay so uh how many times have you seen the rolling stones live
1: I have seen okay I've seen like I've seen it live three times and I had tickets Whoa. for four. But my dad wouldn't let me go because I had an exam the next day. And I was like, I can do it. I can do it. But again, my...
0: You weren't yeah. able to go. The
1: I was not able to go exactly. So um, yeah, but I love the Rolling Stones. I saw them at Glastonbury. I saw them in Hyde Park with my whole family. Imagine going to a concert with your whole family. Oh, wow. um, not cool, but um, <laughs> yeah. And then I I saw them at Sheffield Arena once as well. So really good times. That's
0: fantastic. Okay. So do you so do you have a theme song? Like, if you had a theme song, what would it be? Would it be a Rolling Stones song or something else?
1: Um, I, I walked down the aisle to a Rolling Stone song, but, um, Did you now? Which one? Uh, it's called Heaven and it's on the Tattoo You album, if anyone wants okay. to. It's actually a really good song. Just close your eyes and just take five minutes and drift off. So that's number one music recommendation for me, but okay. uh, my theme song, and, and maybe some of the guys in you are, oh, sorry, ETR, uh, will remember this, but, um, I used to bang on about this song all the time, but, Matthew Wilder, Break My Stride. What? Uh, that's, really? Yeah, that's like my. I'm feeling like I'm having a hard day and some okay. fun stuff, but like I'm in a funk. Put that song on. It's just it's a like, and it just calms you down. I love yeah, that. No, okay, it doesn't so, calm me down. It gets me going. It's like oh, it get you going. Start dancing, kind of randomly. Song again. I, I will. I will hit arguments okay. on that all day long. If anyone wants to give it a go. Okay, so we're going to put together
0: a post podcast interview page like we do to everyone else. And I'll put some of these songs that you've uh, recommended and the podcast as well. But I guess this would be a great opportunity if someone wanted to, you know, motivate your decisions, they could just play one of those songs, (laughs) Break My Stride," in their presentation for you. (laughs) And I'll get you going. And I'll just sit
1: here and bop along and it'll be great. (laughs) I love
0: that. Um, Okay, so then also you've traveled like literally all over the world, I hear. Um, So what was the best place you've traveled and why? I know it's a tough question because you've traveled a lot, but like name one of like the best places and why.
1: Yeah, great question. I would say the place that sticks in my mind the most was actually Sri Lanka. I found the people there to be amongst the kindest, most hospitable, welcoming, genuine people I think I've ever met in my entire life. Um, and you know, in my twenties, like thirties, all my money used to go on travel, like constantly And my, is this, that, that trip, I took my brother, he was having a hard time. So I was like, Hey, come with me. And we went to Sri Lanka over Christmas and we woke up on Christmas day in a tree house. Like literally this tree is like swinging in the wind. (laughs) And my brother's looking at me like, you travel real cheap. (laughs) I do, but you get these really authentic experiences when you do that. So um, I'd say Sri Lanka, if anyone gets a chance to go there, it's beautiful. That's amazing. I have not been there, but
0: definitely on my bucket list for sure. Um, And I have one more question for you, and then we're going to wrap this up. What does Zora do to unwind or decompress? So when you're moving away from that desk that you're at all day long, what do you do to unwind?
1: Uh, That's a great question because... Oh, my gosh, I struggle with this every day, like pre Sammy. Oh, I'd go to a yoga class and a Pilates class. I'd go have dinner with my friends. I do all this really cool stuff. And then you become a mother. And again, during the pandemic, I think a lot of us lost a lot of those tools that we had to unwind and decompress. So I am having to reinvent my tools to um, unwind and decompress. I, I love music. I actually play a lot of music. So I'd say that's probably. Um, you know, one of the things which is rather than kind of sit in silence at the end of the day and wrap up my day trying to answer all the 1 million emails that I have. I put some music on even. If it's just like one song, right? It's it's yeah. just a great way of transitioning. We lost a lot of that transition time, yes. not commuting and, um, yeah, so like stick some headphones in, try to listen to some music.
0: Okay, okay. I, I think I, I agree. I think we all can definitely relate to we lost sight of who we were a couple years ago <laughs> and uh, sometimes we're trying to force ourselves back into those habits that we had and that might not work and that's okay you know find new things that you love and enjoy to want
1: especially to unwind and step away from work and even if it's um, little, i hear a lot of people be like yeah. oh, do that thing and i'm like you can do anything for two minutes actually yes um foam rolling that's my new thing Oh, like, two minutes in between meetings, I whip out that foam roller and i like get my back I, I have neck problems. I and love this. Even if I, and then I don't feel bad if I didn't make it to the gym that day or whatever. I'm like, yeah, yeah you know, I did something for my body. So I will say exactly. like, start not small. Anything, any every little helps, right? Yeah. Baby
0: steps, baby steps. I, I had a conversation with someone yesterday. She had a kid and she said, I just, I can't get back to the gym. I'm like, do 20 minutes or something. I don't know. Yeah. Do a squat. Do a squat between meetings. Do a squat in a meeting. I, one of the teams that we were on uh, a few years ago, we would, we would laugh and just say, did you do your 10 squats today?
1: And where we turn, turn our videos up. I'm seeing off. like a virtual workout with Janae session.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> would be all about it. <laughs> Usually the fun exercises I do when I'm between meetings. I'm like, I need to get, I didn't get my run in. All right. I'm just going to do my lunges to the kitchen to get my espresso. <laughs> <And I'll
1: laughs>
0: lunge it back. Um, so this has been super fun, Zora. And you know, it would only make sense for us to wrap this interview up with one last round of rapid fire questions if you're game.
1: Always, so I'm
0: game. Okay. All right. So here we go. What's the best age?
1: Oh, gosh, 28. Okay. <laughs> Sour, sourdough or wheat? English bread. I'm sorry. American bread is no.
0: Okay. On answer that. <laughs> what time do you go to bed? Uh 9:45. What's for dinner tonight?
1: Teriyaki salmon with mashed potato and green beans. Sounds good. And meal plan. <laughs>
0: okay, I love that.
1: Um favorite type of tea, assuming um, you drink tea. Fortnum and Mason's Wedding Breakfast okay very specific but very
0: very you know what you like um do you know how to salsa dance absolutely not nope okay on a scale of one to ten how good are you how good are you at
1: wiffle ball if i knew what wiffle ball was Janae, i would tell you
0: (laughs) i laugh at this question i don't know why um who has better food america or the uk
1: America, because it's way bigger than the UK, but I, I feel like I'm really doing a disservice to fish and chips. And stuff
0: like <laughs> okay, okay. Um, have you ever made a TikTok video?
1: Uh, yes, I have. Maraki made me do it.
0: Okay, I love it. We're going to have to get our hands on that one. And how many tabs do you have open in your web browser right now? Oh, like 4,579 <laughs> right you're in you're in good company then <laughs> yes. okay so that's a wrap see it wasn't that bad right no
1: it was fun thank you
0: <laughs> so Zora thank you so so much for joining me on the join and connect interview podcast I hope you had a good time you had a
1: good time right it wasn't that bad I did it's <laughs> always a pleasure talking to you um but getting a chance to hopefully have a few of our team be able to hear this is great so thank Absolutely. you
0: Absolutely. These interviews are they're they're fun for me, of course, but they're really fun for everyone else. They really get a, you know, it's a great way for the teams to get to know our leaders within. With that, thank you so much, Zora. We're looking forward to riding this journey with you. Inside join and connect. Thanks, team, for listening.